Finding Family is a podcast that uses personal storytelling to explore and dissect the definition of family. Centering on the voices of BIPOC individuals, my hope is that we can contribute to the societal definitions of family, use storytelling to deepen our authentic personal understanding, to uplift and heal through sharing, and to make a global impact on our communities through these conversations. Thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to join me on Instagram at Finding Family Podcast or on my website at findingfamily.buzzsprout.com. Welcome, everyone, and really happy to be here tonight with Patrick, who is co-worker, now friend. Well, friend, then co-worker, then friend. <laughs> kind of how it went. We worked together at Seattle U in the student activities office way back in the day. The time keeps going further and further away, but kept in touch through the years. And yeah, excited to spend time with you. I don't think we had this. I mean, like work didn't really prepare us for a conversation like this. So I'm excited to learn more about you in this way. So for all the listeners out there who know you and maybe some who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? Well, that's yeah. I am former coworker, current and friend. <laughs> that that didn't change. <laughs> Hopefully, that didn't change. No. Yeah, I think my brief history. So, from Iowa. That's I, I don't know if that's a <laughs> yeah. distinguishing thing, but I keep coming back to Iowa. So I'm from Iowa. I went to school in Boston. Did some post grad volunteer work in the great state of Washington, but then came back to Iowa. Did grad mm-hmm. school, then then went back to Washington, back to Seattle. Worked there for seven years and then, then came back to Iowa. Uh, just, just finished up a PhD program. So that's sort of more chronology of where I've been. But yeah, let's see. Other interesting facts. I have, I have two daughters. I have a wife, two daughters, a dog. Yep. So that's my family. And so, yeah. yeah, my oldest daughter is now nine, but she was born in Seattle. We moved right before she turned one. So had that. And then number two was born out here and she's she's five i'm gonna be starting kindergarten in the fall which is exciting stuff as well yeah patrick we were at our staff meeting when the process (laughs) really began for his first daughter and i I remember the sort of like excitement and also shock in your eyes when you're like i think this is happening now and we're like go like why are you talking to us i remember so so her her birthday is february 1st so it would have been end of january and it was, I remember it was like, a, it was a nice day, nice January, yeah. sunny day in Seattle. And yeah, you have your child's on, on the way, wife is pregnant. So you, you kind of, you know, obviously there's a due date and you have these, these sorts of things and like, okay, because I think the due date was February 5th. So once you're in a range, like, okay, it could, it could happen any day now. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it did. And, and day, yeah, right. you, you just have your phone and you're checking and, and got like, you know, water broken. And so I, I lived, uh, <laughs> I lived a mile from campus and I'd walk to work most days. And that day, you know, I, I had walked to work. And so I can't really call, <laughs> call my wife up to, to give me a ride. Hey, can you pick call me, pick up? me up? Yeah. So I, I'm like, okay, it's happening. We just, I think we like just started the, the staff meeting or whatever it yeah. was. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> just like gather my things. <laughs> I gather my things. I think I had a backpack and then I'm running home. I remember I was like wearing like, you know, work shoes and like, like running home out of shape and like, oh, you know, like trying to sprint. And then, <laughs> like I'm, I'm halfway home and I, you know, I, I call like, how's anything? And, and Katie's like, it's okay. You don't need to like run, run, like get home, but you don't, it's not like this very minute, but get home. Yeah. So 
<laughs> so funny. But yeah, so then gave birth at uh, Swedish just across the way. So it's all, all very yeah. convenient. All within a very small <laughs> radius there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Yeah. I remember we had just, I think it was, we had just walked over there. I mean, we just left the office, went to the meeting room and you're like, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, I, I gotta go. Bye. We're like, we'll see you in a few months. <laughs> we'll see you in a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's one of my favorite stories from work because you know, work can, sometimes be a little bit predictable you know it's like it's a staff meeting it's a little predictable but <laughs> what's on the that agenda was memorable. today yeah. <laughs> birth and then you know what's your reflection like you know you're gonna have a baby <laughs> how's the marketing for this event coming along yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly so just to step back you know you grew up in iowa and what was growing up in iowa like for you I think very good. And it's funny. And so I have this lens because I'm not just Iowa. Like I, I live in Iowa City, the place I was born and raised. And my yeah. kids go to the school that I went to. And so I reflect and think about these things through the lens of my kids now, you know, and, and those things mm. of like, oh, you know, it, it influenced my, my experience of it. And one example of this, so the summer... My daughter went to this overnight camp that I went to when I was a kid. And once again, I'm not trying to like, you're going to live the life that I have as a child. <laughs> I, I promise that's not what I'm Same trying to do with my kid. Path, yeah. You're going to do exactly what I did. And that's, that's the way. <laughs> and so it was a camp that I did when I was a kid. And I loved it. It was Laura Sports Camp it's in Dubuque, Iowa. I did it multiple years, I think four or five years I did it. And I had such great memories of it. And I was like, oh, you should, you should do this camp. Then I was worried because I was like, you should do this camp. And I was like, am I misremembering something that I'm like, and then it's like, what, dad, why did you, <laughs> this is a horrible experience. And <laughs> what did you do? But she had a great experience. And it was really great from the parent perspective to like see it once again through her eyes yeah, and, and that, yeah. that experience. So asking what it's like to grow up in Iowa City, college town, and I think that's probably you know, what it's known for. The University of Iowa is here. It was always around that environment and that situation. And so mm. Iowa City, like I think like other college towns, it's relatively small. It's all relative in the sense of, and I, I always use this example. So many undergrads who come to Iowa, the University of Iowa, are either from small towns in Iowa who, you know, populations mm. in the, you know, five to 10,000 populations sort of town or, or even less than that. And they come to Iowa City and like, this is the biggest place I've been. It's the most diverse place I've been. It's, <laughs> wow, look at all this. You have stoplights, you know, and, and that. Yeah. <laughs> and then then you also get, there's a sizable population or generally from like the Chicago suburbs and they come to Iowa and like, Iowa City is the smallest place I've been, is the least right. diverse place I've been. And it's sort of this interesting, you know, these two ideas in the same place and it's it's home yeah. for me. And, and, and so at times you can kind of see it through this and like, wow, look at all the great things we get. So it, it kind of punches mm. above its weight class, if you will, like in terms of certain things. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, you're like, it's still relatively small. And, you know, just a few years ago, like just a few years ago, we got a Trader Joe's. And I remember like everyone in town <laughs> being really excited. Trader Joe's is coming. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, they have some frozen things, but you can't do all your grocery shopping. You know, like, like, just like yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> but yeah, so when I grew up, there was not a Trader Joe's here. When I grew up, there were very few chain restaurants. And now it's like, oh, we got a chain, new chain restaurant. <laughs> That's exciting <laughs> for certain people, but. No, it was, it was a great place because of the university, just yeah. the size of it and good neighborhoods and all that. And it is interesting, though, I think, too, once again, seeing it from the parent side of it. And a lot of things have changed, of course, mm. but a lot of things are are the same. And you kind of you cycle things. And I think the other other interesting thing is also, you know, growing up here, 
I think there's a collection of people like myself who grew up here, got away. They had that experience. They're like, you know what? Life in Iowa City, and I think this is from being a parent, it's like, it's a lot easier to be a parent in Iowa yeah. City than maybe a place like Seattle. The cost of living is, is lower. Just the ease of like doing things is generally mm. easier. <laughs> and so I think there's other people like, yeah, I've lived in Denver, Colorado. I've lived in Chicago. Mm. I've lived in Seattle. And then I chose to move back here because of those pieces of it as well. So, you know, I thought it was always thought it was a good place to grow up in. And at the same time, <laughs> I think I always had this like, I need to get out and I come back. I need to get mm. out and they come back. So <laughs> getting to my family, you know, I have I have two brothers. And I think if you were to predict of the three of us growing up who would end up in Iowa City, I would be the last one of the three of us. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, funny. Yeah. Because when I was at, when I was in high school, when I graduated high school, it's like, peace out, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like actually like, you know, like burn any bridges, but I was ready to ready to get out of there. And it was appealing to me to, you know, go to school in Boston, like to go go a distance away and be in a place where I didn't know people. And that was exciting to me. And so you would not have predicted that I would have come back to Iowa City at that time. Mm. What was it about getting out? Like where you were the middle of the two, yes? I'm on the middle, yeah. So I, I think a few things. Like one and I, I look look back at this, and I'm very aware, you know, of of my privilege of like my mom really encouraged the option of like you can go, you know, both in mm. terms of like that wasn't a limitation of like you can only go within a certain hour radius or a drive right. radius or or that to like, so, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and so I think having the option was a big part of it, and so that I wasn't limited by that, and so part of it, you know, growing up, we took a trip to Boston. I think when I was probably, you know, around sixth, seventh grade in that era. And then we did another trip. So my older brother, who was a grade ahead of me, we did a, an East Coast college visit trip and we we stopped at BC on part of that trip. And so when he was looking at schools and then, but I was like, oh, like find the fit, whatever that is. And so I think that kind of planted that in me. And I think once again, mm-hmm. being from Iowa, I would not have gone to Boston College had it not been for my mom. Just mm-hmm. even just knowing like this is an option. I think that, that applies for college in general, right? If if you are unaware that these things are even an option, you just don't know. It's really hard to find yeah. these things out. And so credit to her in terms of encouraging, you know, looking elsewhere, like just sort of presenting these mm-hmm. options and like this is a possibility. Because I think your average 17-year-old high school student isn't gonna just know that, you know, just on on what is even possible. So yeah. Yeah. How did your parents end up there? Do they work at the university? Were they connected to the University of Iowa? Yes and no. <laughs> so here, here's the full story. So I think if we're talking family, I think a, a very defining characteristic of, of my family or, or my upbringing. So my, my dad passed away when I was six. And so that's sort of part mm-hmm. of it. He had a travel agency in Iowa City, and he was a grad of the University of Iowa, as well as my mom graduated from the University of Iowa as well. Mm. So they're, they're both grads of Iowa. Now, my mom, this is a sidetrack story about my mom. She started her undergrad at a small Catholic school in Omaha, Nebraska, that actually closed after her sophomore year. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> women's college that closed after her sophomore year, and then almost not necessarily reluctantly, but she then went to Iowa and, and graduated from there. And then she actually went back and worked at Creighton afterwards. Okay. But then my mom taught in the dental hygiene college or the college. Oh. She was a, a professor. And then, so I'm the second one. After I was born, she decided I would rather, you know, raise kids than, <laughs> than teach. Oh. Then my younger brother is four years younger as well. And so 
my mom did work at the university and then she worked at the university again. She was an academic advisor. And currently she works at the university. She does a, a simulated patient with the hospital here at Iowa. And she, it's, it's the greatest thing. I mean, she does get compensated for it, but more or less it's volunteer. But she's a simulated patient. So the med school at Iowa is, is obviously big. I mean, so part of her role is working with med students and, and presenting as a patient. These are the symptoms I have. Oh, wow. This is the story I have. And like, there's the whole story. And she's just one like, one time I even made tears come, you know, like, like she's like, it's basically like an acting. <laughs> like acting an acting thing. gig. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. Funny. So yeah, I think the connection with the university and I think to a, a place like Iowa city where it's very intertwined place in the school yeah. are kind of intertwined with each other as well. It's interesting that your mom was so connected with the university that, you know, and then you had this sort of interest, you know, working at the university in in administration. And and do you think there was a connection there with her? Yeah. So so I'm 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 laughing just in the same way of had you predicted had what I returned to Iowa City, you probably wouldn't have said that. But I'm laughing because I realize I've become like my mother, you know, like more than I more than I would have suspected because we're both very different, but very similar the same way. And I think that's, that's family in a lot of ways. Like these are my brothers. We're very different, but we're very similar. And, and yeah. I'm, you know, it's maybe some of it of, of a contradiction, but yeah, I, I do look at this field I went into and the work that I do and there's overlap. And this is another, just a memory that I have. So when I did my master's at Iowa, I did my master's at Iowa and I taught what was then called the college transition course, incoming students called transition. And at the time it was, it was like a large program. They're like, 70 sections of it, you know, like these small, like 15 to 20 students in a section. And yeah. so I was a second year master student as a practicum experience. And it was great. I got teaching experience and I loved it. Well, my mom had been teaching that for, for years prior <laughs> as well. So we, we both taught the same course at the same time. And so also my name is Patrick. Her name is Patricia <laughs> or goes by Patty. And so she's like, P, P. Rossman, and P, you know, and like she had this like, oh, <laughs> So yes, I've become my mother uh, in certain ways, and we're still very different. But that connection piece, and I think, yeah, it is sort of an understanding of. I, I think too, like in, in some ways, and I, I will acknowledge this. So I am not a first gen college student. I'm not. I'm not saying. Mm. In many ways, I don't have to explain college. I don't have to explain yeah. getting a degree or or even getting a, a PhD and that sort of thing. I think it was very easy to be like, well, you understand. This is where I'm at. I'm writing a dissertation type of stuff. So yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, sort of that built-in support network, someone who gets, you know, if I want to stay here, I have to do these things. How funny. What was it like to teach the same class with your mom? I mean... (laughs) It was a different section, yeah. Different section, Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it was good because I love the experience. And I... She honestly like wanted to like we could switch <laughs> one day, oh you know. Like, we never we never did that. As I say, we're we're similar. I think it's also very different. I, I think we probably took a different approach, and obviously, just I was closer in age with the students, so maybe they're using that mm-hmm. relationship. And she was the mother figure, and kind of that relationship, you know, kind of in that right. environment for first year students. But I think really good because I, I think at the at the end of the day, I think we both once again, if you think of like serving students or that transition to college, I think we were both wanting to do a good job to help in that sort of mm-hmm. thing and that reflection and, and giving feedback and support and resources and everything else. So it was a special thing to share <laughs> teaching the same course at that time and, and having That's that, so that common experience. I don't think many people can say that they've had a similar experience. <laughs> that. So very unique. So 
you were six, your brother was seven when your father passed away and your other brother was two. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that time? Well, okay. yes, but you I mean, you know, from the lens of a, a six-year-old, but. Yeah. Yeah. And and then your mom was raising the three of you herself. What was life like with just your mom? <laughs> Do you remember before that, like what it was like for your dad to be there? The norm was, yeah, my mom raised us and she remarried and and he's wonderful. And it's always like, this is my mom's husband. You know, it's not, not sort of that, but but great. So, but, but the point being, you know, after my dad passed away, my mom raised three boys all by herself and did a pretty good job of it. Yeah. And I think having the memory of it, and I think to you, the memory, both from what I remember, as well as what my mom had us remember if that makes sense you know like having sure. just the memory of my dad so yeah so did your older brother or did you have to take on certain roles then to like because usually what happens is like someone has to kind of fill in babysitter or did you all have like roles in the house that you had to take on my older brother is a grade ahead but he is a summer birthday so he was actually he turned eight the day before my dad died but oh. so he he was always and always still is like if if you looked at the two of us, you'd think like, oh, he he must be the much older brother. Like we're, oh. you know. <laughs> but I think he took more of that man of the house sort of role part of it. And once again, I I I don't know as a parent now. Yeah. I, I have no idea how this happened. You know, I don't know how you yeah. raise three kids in yeah. such a yes. way because <laughs> like I can't. You know, I've I have two kids and and a wife, and and it's you know one on one. And getting bedtime is just impossible. <laughs> That's one on one. It's like how do you how do you do that with like three to one? You know what? Are, how, do, yeah. how do you do that? So it oh, wow. it did happen, and it and happened well. Yeah. Do, do you ever ask her like what was it like raising the three of us as a single mom with these three kids? You know, just make it work. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sort of, uh, sort of ask her. And once again, it's it's reliving <laughs> reliving these cycles of things, and I think yeah. it's realizing. Once again, as a parent now, you're like, oh, wow, like you had to do all these things that as a kid, you're just oblivious to because you don't need yeah. to worry about it. And it's more, it gets more impressive. <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm, I'm more impressed that you did all this. I know. Um, I, so. I've, I've solo parented for weeks, you know, just mm-hmm. as Ryan was traveling or whatever. And I'm like, how I have one and it's one to one. We have a dog. We still have a dog. And I'm like, how do people do this? How do people do this? I'm just, you know, those weeks I will just go to bed. Like as soon as he goes to bed, I'm just like, I'm I'm going to bed right now. Cause I, it's so exhausting. And it's exhausting with, you know, the whole parenting thing is just exhausting. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, that's the gist of it. So yeah. yeah. So your older brother, does he live in Iowa city too? No, he's in Chicago. Uh, okay. He's been in Chicago for a while, but yeah. Okay. So yeah. And you two are, similar would you describe your as are, are you similar with any of your brothers you're all very different you said so i'll say no i'll say i'm i'm the <laughs> yes and no i mean we're we're brothers yes. and like yep. you put us in the same room and we're more similar than yeah. we are different but when i when yeah. i think of myself comparing myself to my brothers i think of myself as being more different <laughs> from my brothers than, than they are and and here's here's an example so my brothers are very competitive. I don't think of myself as a competitive person. Mm. I think of them as much more competitive, like very much like I want to dominate. I want to be the best. I want to do like, mm. like everything's a competition. I don't think of myself as that way. However, 
you know, when I met Katie, she's like, you're so competitive. Like everything's in the competition. Like, no, it's not. But like, and then she met my brother. She's like, oh, I, I see this now. Like, like yeah. relative to them, <laughs> you're, you're not as competitive, but maybe relative to the average, I am more competitive uh, what it is. <laughs> so yeah, we're similar, but I, I, I would say we're, we're also very different and not in a bad way. I think, I think we appreciate each other's differences, yeah. but you know, just have just a different, different life. And so he has two kids. And so this is, I think, too, older brother. He has two kids, but he got married after me. He had kids after me. And so I took oh. the lead of like, oh, well, <laughs> let me tell you about how to, how to be married. Let me tell you how to have kids. I, you know, not, not really. But, but it's interesting because of having that few years ahead in, in sort of yeah. those milestones of life, not just like change the dynamic, but I think it's somewhat different. Whereas, you know, maybe before, you know, when I was in high school and he went off to college, I would, I would ask him about what is college, right? Like having those yeah. types of like seeing someone ahead of you to be like, oh, I, I visited him when he was in college or mm-hmm. things like that. Well, now it's it's maybe a, a different like, oh, let me tell you when your kid goes to kindergarten, what this is what, you know, <laughs> the things that you think about are, oh, when you're looking into into a daycare, you know, <laughs> oh, these are, yes. you know, like, yeah. it's, it's not that, like I have this expertise. I just have a few years ahead of you. And so I just went through this. And so I know I can share my perspective on that as well. Yeah. Do you get to see them often since they live in Chicago? We're planning a trip in a few weeks, going to a Cubs game. Uh, I haven't done that since I was probably 12 or something. So we'll see them in a few weeks, which will be great. We were going to see them over Mother's Day and then they got COVID. (laughs) And so that didn't happen. So yes, it's it's been a while since I've seen them and and that. But yeah, COVID obviously has kind of disrupted some of those things, but we've gotten together. and, And I think too, yeah, being Chicago, it's depending where you're going, but you know, three and a half hour, four hour drive. So it's not far, uh, easy to get to. Well, yeah. And your daughters are old enough to not... Mm-hmm. I, the, the thought of putting a th- Eli, who's three, into a car for that long, I think we would, would just turn around. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about your younger brother too? I mean, he is... Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's, the, fam- he's the famous one. He's a Jesuit. So that, that also is somewhat unique in the sense of having a brother who's a priest. And he's currently in Rome. He's getting his PhD. And I, I always forget exactly what the term is that he's getting his PhD. And essentially, it's like getting his PhD and recruiting people to become a priest. But that's not really what uh-huh. it is. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a Jesuit. And that's interesting, too. So, you know, I think doing this yeah. work in a lot of Jesuit educated for college and worked at Jesuit institution like Seattle U and did Jesuit volunteer corps. So yeah. I've done lots of Jesuit things, but he definitely upped me in being an actual <laughs> Jesuit. Was that the competitive um, thing? Yeah, he was so competitive. He just had to he had to be a Jesuit. You couldn't let me have this thing. No. So it's interesting. And I think I've, I've told you the story before, Bernie, where and I think this is like working in a, a Jesuit institution. But I remember like people like, I just have this memory of like someone sharing something my brother had on Facebook. And they like posted right. it. But like unaware that that was my brother, even though we have the same last name and look similar, but like kind of like, oh, I saw this inspirational Jesuit quote or something, you know, like a little, <laughs> a little like one minute homily. That's what he does. Yeah. And it was like, that's my brother, right? Like that's, uh, that's him. So anyway. Oh yeah. yeah I remember. <laughs> Just so. a casual, like, Hey, you know, grew up with yeah. this guy. I was like, I don't know if it's like gotten me anything and not like, Oh, you know, my, my brother's a Jesuit. I don't know if it like got me anything, <laughs> but I, I did think like, yeah, when I did work at Seattle U, I mean, there were, there were a handful that knew him had met him. Yeah. Yeah. So it was that sort of like, maybe an in of like, oh, I can speak this language. I, I do have a valid connection to it. I don't know. But yeah. So did you have any idea growing up that he was going to be a priest? Not in like that sort of way of like, 
from an early age, I, I knew he was going to be a priest. But at the same time, it didn't surprise me that he became mm. a priest, if that makes sense. Like, I think yeah. it's, it's, I didn't expect him to become a priest in the same way I don't expect him to become an NBA basketball player because very <laughs> few people do those sorts of things. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not a common thing, but him becoming a priest was not out of the norm or surprising and like mm. out of character for him. So, like, the character piece of it fit and all that. And, but at the same time, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we knew from, from when he was five, he was going to be, no, it wasn't anything like that. <laughs> and I, I remember, and, and I did not become a priest. I remember in high school, I went to, you know, a Catholic school. And I remember it must have been like sophomore, junior year. Like I took it, like they had us take a test. Mm-hmm. Like all the, all the guys had to take a test. <laughs> or I don't know if it was a test, but, you know, some sort of assessment or something. And I scored in such a way that I was, you know, maybe at a, I would be a good recruit for the priesthood. And, oh and my uh, gosh. you know, it, it was a follow up like, have you ever considered the priest? I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I don't want to become a priest. That, that's not <laughs> that's not my calling in life. Thank you. And so maybe Michael had the same test and that was a... You know. you took it. Yeah, it was a catalyst for that. Uh, yeah. so you, we've talked about this and you you grew up Catholic. Obviously, you've been... Mm-hmm. You, you went to Catholic school. You went to Catholic colleges. What was the role of Catholicism in your family? Was it a big part of... Yeah, it was, it was a big part. So my grandma, my mom's mom, also very Catholic, had that, you know, <laughs> built in <laughs> into it. So on, on the one level, just like it was the norm, it was the expectation, it was yep. it was the environment I was around. Uh, and then at the same time, I think too, and you know, you know, we can talk about my dad dying. I think there was also the like faith component of, hey, this is something that obviously was very hard for our family, but I think also yeah. like that was very faith in Catholicism was very comforting as well. So, but yeah, I think, so my mom's mom, my grandma was very Catholic. I mean, I, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever you want to do, but, but I think in, in that sort of grandma way of, of Catholicism where, you know, I just remember going to her house and she had, you know, various statues. What, what's the word I'm looking for? But, you know, various statues yeah. of, of saints yeah. and it's like St. Francis was a big one and mm, she'd yeah. have holy water at her house and she'd like, <laughs> give you holy water, you know, like, wow, very devout. Yeah having a lot of prayers for you and you know and i I think yeah like having having that i think my mom as well i think was uh, a big part of that and i I think too the the other the other aspects i think there's once again it's like well this is what i grew up with this is what i knew but i think there's also like the action side of it and more the service component of it and you know i think it was also like you know i did i did jewish volunteer corps and and all that i volunteered a lot in undergrad i think part of it's like well the expectation it's not like oh i went to church on sunday but it's like volunteering mm. and service and other mm-hmm. other pieces of it and i think that was that was the aspect too that that was appealing to me was sort of like i don't want to just like sit in a church i want to like right. what are you doing or how are you helping other people sort of stuff so yeah that's what that's what i was going to ask you because folks who know you too you're very smart you're a very intellectual person and sometimes faith and intellect can be at war with each other and i think that's where at least for me, like that's where the Jesuit folks like to live, like in that that tension of here's the practice and here's the reality of that stuff. But I also know that you you have a critical lens on race, right? And so, and sometimes the Catholic Church can be kind of a tough place to have conversations about race, racism, all of that stuff. Where do you land on that stuff? I think sometimes it's being selective with what, with what I want. <laughs> so maybe that's, <laughs> right. the easy, that's the easy way out, right? And I think yeah. this is maybe this is this this lens of like, I'm Catholic, but I, I lean towards the Jesuit side and the liberal yeah. side of Catholicism. And I like, mm-hmm. I like the ones that are a little more uh, 
open to whatever it is, race, you know, mm. sexual orientation or, or yeah. wh- whatever it is. And, you know, I think it's like, whether it's just like, it, it confirms that piece, but I think at the same time, it's like, it's so frustrating, yeah. you know, and, and, <laughs> and it's like, ah, and so I think just a racial lens, and this is talking about growing up in Iowa, I just wasn't mm. like necessarily like, you know, like I grew up and I didn't know any better, right? Like, oh, this is, this is it. And like, oh, there's maybe one or two people of color at this church, you know, it's, yeah. it's very small or the other aspect, or it's not African-Americans, it's Africans versus, you know, like, uh, like the, the international, it's more international than it is like, yeah. what about just true. like within, in the domestic, you know, frame of like, it's sort of this, and, and the church is global and all this sort of thing. But I think it's sort of maybe ignoring this reality of like, what about people in, hmm. you know, in this, in this area and in this country and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I think that was very white. Uh, we'll put it that way. And I think from my current stance, it, it is, it's really hard to be like being in spaces when it's like, well, one, I'm, I'm a white, I'm a white dude and all that. So I was like, okay, I'm in the space. I'm a white guy. But, but I think someone's like, why, why are there, I want people that don't just look like me in these spaces and, and, mm. and those sorts of things. So yeah, it's been, I think, challenging in that regard, because I just think like some of the environments in Iowa, like, you know, people are just, I don't want to like, just discount like they don't know any better, but I think sometimes they don't have these mm. authentic relationships with people who are different from them. And it's it's hard in the sense of like, they don't know how to engage with people who are different because there's just not the, the settings and it, it just reinforces yeah. itself a lot of times. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're, you're bringing like work and faith and all these things, I, I think it's it's a real challenge because and going back to the action piece, I think sometimes it's just like yeah. almost theoretical. Let's talk about, you know, racial differences, but like, let's talk about just you really, you know, who do, who do you know? <laughs> like, right, how, do you, how do you interact right. with people who are different? Like, like who's around you? And, you know, that sort of thing or pieces. So, and once again, these cycles of kind of reflections of it now as a parent, I think back of like, where was I maybe blind as a, you know, growing up mm-hmm. in Iowa? And then where do I see the sort of, I don't want to say blindness now, but where do I see this? Like, well, are certain things happening again, just in this environment or, or have we learned, <laughs> have we learned from this? Do we, mm-hmm. do we know? something that's that's different. And so going back and thinking about my experiences growing up. So my high school graduating class, there there are 48 of us in my my graduating class. So very small. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, my class had had a large number of students who were from other countries. And so it was very odd in the sense of like the grade above me and grade below me didn't and they're they're here for different reasons. Mm. And so for whatever reason those were my friends in, in high school. And so hmm. like my best friend from high school was from Spain and, I, and there are two brothers who are from Japan and, and we're in sports together. And so for whatever reason, that was once again, a pretty white school and, and upbringing, but for whatever reason, like that was my, my friend group was more diverse, relatively speaking. And then I think too, once again, I, well, I went to school in Boston and I think it's just like, Oh, like, wow, like there's so much I don't know. And, and it's just mm. those experiences were like, wow, and some of it, I, I do, I do think about this a lot. Where it's like, was it just a lack of opportunities to to interact with mm-hmm. it? And I think some of that's true. And in, in a place like Iowa, where like people just can grow up and not have that regular, normal interaction with like, oh, you're black, I'm white. You're, you know, you're, yeah. you're. We come from different backgrounds. Diversity in Iowa might be like, oh, you're Catholic, I'm Lutheran. Like that's diversity. <laughs> right, in Iowa. right. It's like, well, that's not, <laughs> you know, these these sorts of things. So. It almost sounds weird, like you have to think a lot harder about it in Iowa. But I think it, you have to think hard in the sense, like, yeah, sure, it's really easy to ignore more. And, yeah. and so, and and I think about this a lot. 
working at Seattle U versus working at University of Iowa. Seattle U, it just it was it was a value that was just easy to live in the sense of like, yeah, like yeah, we we have a diverse staff, student body. This didn't feel like this forced conversation. And I think at, at Iowa, we put diversity in, in values and we we have these things. But I think there's some awkwardness there because it's like, am I doing this right? There's a, that that, mm. that discomfort with it. And of course, I think there's discomfort talking about race. Like that's that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty normal. But in a, in a way that like, I'll put it this way: like, it almost takes the fun out of it. Like it's almost like there's the fun of diversity at Seattle. I don't want to make this like, oh, I have so much fun. But like, like it's just like it was so much easier to like. Yeah, like yeah. I, you know, I think of like many of the students that I work with, you know, and like how much I learned from them. Like, wow, I know nothing about Hawaii, and I learned so much about Hawaii working <laughs> at CLU in such a normal way. And like, and maybe too, they learned something about like what's it like to grow up in Iowa. I don't know if that's, you know, like I was a, yeah. I was a rare <laughs> Iowa student, you know, person from <laughs> Iowa in Seattle. Whereas Iowa, you know, it's it's really hard to have that. Like, I don't one, mm. I don't know many anyone from Hawaii. Uh, oh, actually, I I met someone. At the grocery store, who was from Hawaii, we had a conversation about Hawaii. But anyway, wow. that's not that's not the point. <laughs> uh, it, but not typical. That's kind of atypical. Yeah, and and so consistently, we have conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion at the University of Iowa. It's integrated with a lot of the things we do. We're talking about these initiatives yep. with this, and at the same time, I think there's this like struggle because there's sort of like a, a disconnect of like I don't know what this means for the student. I think sometimes it's it's almost this like. I don't know who this student of color is, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that, what that means. Whereas like at CLU, it's like, it's there. Like you kind of know how these mm-hmm. things might affect it. Whereas like, I think we, at Iowa, it's like, I sense like there's probably some disparities here and there's some data to show there's some disparities here, but then it's, it, it kind of, it's different. And I think some of that, that's just mm-hmm. like the, the relationship piece of it. And some of that might just be like people's like comfort with, <laughs> with it. But I think mm-hmm. some of it comes down to like people's like, I've never met someone from from this background. I've never had a sustained relationship conversation with someone. It's yeah. very surface level sort of thing. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. Was it hard growing up where you were then to go to places that were more diverse? I mean, it sounds like you had some exposure in high school, but then when you went to Boston, when you went to Seattle, when you date JVC, were you looking for that in some way? Or were you sort of like, ah, you know, curious about it? Or how did you I approach think- it? I don't know if I was consciously like, I want to, mm-hmm. you know, do this. But I think at the same time, I I enjoyed the experience of like, well, so, you know, talk about, about service. I think that was my sort of entry into yeah. the field of higher ed and kind of, you know, this path. And so I worked at a homeless shelter. I worked at a, a tutored at a, a school that was primarily Black kids who were, who were at this school and, you know, yeah. these, these experiences. And I, I think it's just like... I enjoyed the learning aspect. And I don't want to be like, it's all about me, of course. It's not that, but it's sort of like, sure. I think it's a, a realization of like, I have never had an experience like this. I have yeah. not had these opportunities. And I think it's like, oh, this comfort, the comfort and the discomfort of like, oh, I feel pretty comfortable working at a homeless shelter. This is when when I did JVC, I worked at a homeless shelter full time. And I was really comfortable in that environment. And I was really comfortable just meeting you know, everyone, everyone who was, you know, I felt like I was friends yeah. with the, with the homeless population in Spokane, Washington. And I kind of realized like, yeah, there's, there's discomfort there. There's, there's times when like this, this doesn't feel and, and acknowledging yeah. obviously like power dynamics and other things going on, but also kind of recognizing like you need to put yourself in environments that, that might do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, and then, then it's just like other things where it's like, yeah, you have coworkers who are 
black and you're friends with them, right? Like you like you just make friendships with the people that you work with. So an example of this, so I really don't want to talk about like, let's talk about my research, but <laughs> please, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about my research. Uh, so, <laughs> so finishing up a, a dissertation. So I, I did a lot of stuff on student employment. And I think this is an area that I was, I was really interested in for different reasons. I think from a just what are the benefits of working while in school besides just earning money? And I think kind of recognizing, like, mm-hmm. oh, you get, you know, these kind of leadership skills and responsibility yeah. and application, all these, you know, all these good things. And I think there's another component, which is it puts you in environments where you have to interact with people that you may not interact with yeah. otherwise, right? So totally. I might, I might choose my roommate, I might choose a student org that I want to be a part of. But sometimes when I work at a, you know, and I had random jobs uh, throughout college and you know, hey, I'm working catering and I'm mm. probably not going to like work with the people that just different from me. And and so, yeah. but you're, you're equals in that environment. You're, you're something like, oh, okay. And you, you form work friendships that might not be like that friendship that like, oh, we're going to hang out and I'm going to be in your wedding. Might not be that, but it's like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like I, I work with this guy and we get yeah. along really well. We work really well together and we, we learn from each other. So research-wise, I think it's, it's thinking about these things like, what are the environments that are sort of natural to, to have that. And so work yeah. is a great example. And so, yeah, working with people who are, you know, just come from different backgrounds, different racial mm-hmm. backgrounds, but I'll put it this way. Seattle U has a, has a more diverse staff than, than the University of Iowa. And so it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing, if that makes sense. Like it, it was just sort of like yeah. built into, yeah, yeah, like this is, this is important. We want to have a diverse staff and, and this where sometimes I think I can only assume, right. A predominantly white institution like the University of Iowa, maybe, you know, if you're a person of color working in Iowa, you're probably pretty aware that that you might be the one person in that room that's that's not white. You know, I, I'm making an assumption. Mm-hmm. I think that I think those can be kind of put in there. And so what goes with that can be other other sort of like the extra tax of, of that, like oh, tell you know, what whatever that means. So it's tough because and at the same time, we want to hire more diverse staff at the University of Iowa, but it's also really hard to retain a more diverse yes. staff at, at the University of Iowa because why would you want to work there when you go <laughs> to a better, a more welcoming place? You know, yeah, that's that thing, is so. the conundrum. That is the conundrum. Like bring them here and then what? Or bring students here and then what, right? We still talk about that too. I mean, it, at any institution, it's going to be a tough situation. This is, I really appreciate you saying what you said, Patrick, because I think the exposure is the one thing, but I think the comfort level for sure. And being able to kind of put yourself in a place where you're like, no, I feel okay. Right. Like there are uncomfortable pieces or finding the commonality and feeling like equals with someone who is very different than you can be so life-changing in terms of like what you know about difference. So I appreciate that you said that. And I, and I remember having lots of these conversations with you both in like support of, but mostly as we are both critiquing like approaches to things because we're like, that doesn't make any sense. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, we care about that. So like, I respect what you're trying to do, but yeah, mm, that's okay. not a, yeah. <laughs> I want to pivot here and talk about Katie because I know that she's a really important person, a lovely person too. But how did you all meet? And what was that story of you two creating a family together? Yeah. So we did this great dating service called Judge Volunteer Corps. They have a great uh, success rate of matching (laughs) matching people through it. So yeah, we, we both did JVC after college. We didn't know each other. She went to Marquette. I went to BC. And she was... I was in Spokane. She was in Anchorage. But we had orientation to start it. And so we met at orientation. 
and you know, hey, you seem cool, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, it basically was that. And so I think we just, you know, started by sending each other emails back and forth. And I think too, like, so JVC, you live in a community. And so I think we both had five people in each house that we lived in. And so a very similar experience, right? I think there's that sort of like, you know, sometimes it might be hard to relate, like to share that experience, like even just a college friend who's not doing JVC, like, mm. I don't think you understand what it lives to be in community and simple living, all these sorts of things. Whereas like, it's nice to have someone else who gets it, who's not maybe like in your immediate space, kind of having both the like familiarity as well as, you know, some distance. So I think there's just that comfort of that. And so, but that pretty much spawned, you know, we liked each other and, and we would send cute emails mm. to each other, which progressed to cute letters and sending things in the mail. And then it's like, hey, let's let's meet each other. Let's let's get together. And so her sister was living in Seattle at the time. And so, oh, Seattle being sort of a midway point between Anchorage and Spokane. And I think that's <laughs> that was yeah, that was the first time we met. We we met in Seattle for a oh. weekend or something like that. And then she came to Spokane. I went to Anchorage and then after that, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And she didn't know what she was doing. Let's move to Seattle. And so moved to Seattle and had that life. And I was doing AmeriCorps and she was doing a lot of temp work at the time. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's, it's it's funny. Like, you know, I, I think a lot of people have this where it's like, I was very poor, but it was a great, that's some great years of my life. <laughs> like we just had a great time. And like, you did all these, these things. And then of course, you know, I'm, I'm such a great guy. I was like, Oh, by the way, I'm going to go to grad school back at Iowa. So, but don't worry, <laughs> I'll come back. I promise I'll come back. And actually the best, you know, if you're looking like a good window of like my life, it was that summer between my first year and second year of grad school hmm. where I, I called myself a stay-at-home boyfriend. So I moved, moved to her place. She had, she had roommates as well. I did, I did contribute somewhat to rent in fairness to them and, and they did like me, I hope. But <laughs> I was a stay-at-home boyfriend. I wasn't working. I tried to find... Anyway, you know, it was a brief period of time. I think I was there for like two months <laughs> living in her apartment. And I would I'd like every day, I'd like walk around Seattle and read books and go mm. to the library and check out things. But then like go to the store and like make dinner. And so she'd come home from work and like, I made oh. you dinner. Here you go. <laughs> and then like every weekend, <laughs> like, hey, let's go camping. And I would like research, you know, where we're going to go and then pack everything up and basically like pick her up Friday at five. Like, let's go. <laughs> we'll go on a hike and go go camping in places. So... So then like, I'm going to move, I'm going to move back to Seattle. I promise when I'm done with grad school. And I did. And I moved to Seattle without a job, which was challenging, of course, because, mm. you, and I, and I, I, I always, so for, you know, second year master students who are graduating, looking for a job, obviously it's a tough time because you have people like, I got a job and they're like, great. Right. That's, you know, you want to celebrate <laughs> that. And then you're also like, but I don't know what I'm doing in, you know, just the, the next immediate future. It was really hard. So moved without a job, you know, became a hall director at CLU. I think that position like posted the day before I left, whatever it was. And so, you know, you fly like, I'm ready to start anytime you need me. You know, like <laughs> then, just the, the hiring process is always much longer. Right. And yeah, it didn't start till August. And I think I moved out like around Memorial Day. Oh so, wow. yeah, I was just I was just like sitting around. Anyway, that was, that was sort of a challenging point. Probably got a job. And then the other the other thing, so we dated six years before we got married, but we sort of have this this arrangement. I, you know, we talked about marriage and that, but it's like you have to live here for a year before you can propose. Was sort of the the like, oh. <laughs> and I, I think you know because and and this is for long distance relationships. Sometimes there's that sort of like going on vacation. It's not necessarily like real time. It's sort of like, well, this is fun, but what is the sort of like day to day? Yeah, you know, I got home from work and whatever sort of mundane stuff of it. And so it's sort of this like, you have to be here a year before you can propose. I think I, I may have 
maybe done a little bit early. But anyway, you know, we talked about marriage before then, and <laughs> we're engaged for you. Anyway, that's somewhat of the story of it. And then she also, yeah, so I was a hall director, which I think was maybe not, you know, then, so we, we got married and she lived in the residence halls <laughs> for, for our first year of marriage, which was good. I mean, you save money on it. Yeah. Uh, but it was also like, I'm kind of working and living here and all that. So then, then got into student activities. So yeah, you, you weren't there, you weren't out. there yet, Bernie. I was not. You helped hire me to come into student activities. You were one of the people I met with for that interview, which was many, many moons ago now. Did you get the sense that marriage was in the cards that you were like, this is happening. It's going to, you know, for the two of you, this is it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when that was like, this is going to happen, but definitely. And I think too, it was that sort of, and this is where I think sometimes I, you know, reflecting back on going to grad school, had I made that decision probably a little bit later, I probably would not have gone to grad school at Iowa because like, no, this is, what am I thinking? What am mm. I doing? And so that's sort of like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> oh crap, what did, what did I just do? Like, I, I think I just made this huge mistake of leaving. Mm. And it was like, I promise, you know, and like, I promise I'm going to come back, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So that was actually a hard aspect of that. But I think also like a good aspect, like, well, it did sort of, no, I'm, I'm pretty committed Solidify. to that. Yeah. Yeah. As well. And, and actually Katie was talking the other day, like, she actually not necessarily enjoyed like me being gone, but actually enjoyed, you know, this time in her life where like she was mid twenties yeah. enjoying life in Seattle, kind of yeah. as a single person, but also like not having to deal with the like <laughs> the, the scene, scene of that. So maybe that's just the spin I'm taking on of like, oh, it was actually good. But uh, but I do think in, in some ways too, we we started our relationship long distance in the sense of really getting to know each other through emails, letters, and phone calls and having that connection there. And then then I think too, like when we did live together, I was like, this is the most fun I could have, you know, like this is the oh. person I just want to spend yeah. all my time with and just do fun things and, and all this stuff. And then now, of course, you know, we're, we have kids and like, once again, I couldn't imagine doing this with anyone else and, and having mm. kids and complimenting each other on, on that as well. And so for many parents, it's a challenge because like I miss the having just, <laughs> it's a lot easier when it's just one-to-one. -one. Like I miss like the, those times, like mm -hmm. we need to find, we need to find more date nights. We need to find more totally. time. It was just us. And it's like, we say it over and over again. It's like, but then we don't, you know, oh gosh, all, all that. <laughs> yeah. then it's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like we, uh, so when, when Maggie went out this overnight camp, grandma took Julia for a night. And so we had, we had a night, we went out to dinner and it was just, oh once gosh. again, it's like, this is amazing. This is like, you remember this, you remember this feeling of like <laughs> not having bedtime. And I think too, and this is, this is the other thing. And I'm not like, once again, my kids are older than my brother's kids. So therefore I'm ahead of him, but you, you can kind of see, so Julia's five, she's going to be starting kindergarten and you can kind of see this like transition of like, okay, we're, we're past, you know, you see kids in diapers, like, Oh, look at those poor suckers over there with diapers. And so it's like, okay, it's getting, <laughs> it's getting better. Like it, you see this, like, yeah, yeah totally. more independence for your kids. And, yep. and it's like, they become more and more real people. I mean, they've always been real people. They're like, wow. Like you just see these amazing things in your kids of like, just the personalities that are coming out and the traits and, and these great things. Mm -hmm. And then I think too, you're like, Oh, she gets that from me. And Oh, she gets that from you. And oh, <laughs> these, yeah. these other, these other pieces that come out of it too. But yeah, I'm going on a tangent, but you know, it's going to be 13 years oh. in a month plus six. So yeah, that's, that's a long time. That's 19 years of right. being together, which is, that's a lot. That's a, that's a yeah. significant portion. Was fatherhood always in the cards for you? Were you always like, I want to be a dad? This is yeah. like important to me. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was taking that priest survey in high school. I think one of the reasons <laughs> I didn't want to become a priest among many 
uh, it was, no, I want to be a dad. I, you know, like that, yeah. that always seemed, you know, if you're talking like, what, what's my life calling? I don't know if like being a dad is my life calling, I put it in, in those terms. Mm. But yeah, I think that seemed, I don't want to say like a given, like, because it, it's not a given, like it makes it almost like devalues it. But like, it seems pretty core or it is very important. And it's not something where like, I didn't think about it that way. Like it wasn't like, I did think about it, like, it, yeah, I do want to be a dad. Like I do want to have kids. And I, I can look back and say, like, it, it's all worked out really well for me, of course, like whatever that timing was. How would Katie, Julia, and Maggie describe you as a dad? Depends on the time. But, you know, I, I try to be a fun dad. <laughs> and I think I, I think fun dad is pretty applicable. And, so, and this, is, this is where you're like, you know, I, I think I'm, you know, I, I earned a PhD and all that. But like, but you know yeah. what? I'm a good dad. Like, I don't, I don't, you, don't yeah. get, you don't get a certificate saying like, you're a really good dad. I know. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I want, I want so I, I try to be a good dad, and I think I, I think you recognize like I was a good dad today, or like sometimes like I wasn't as great of a dad today, or I wish I could yep. have been a better dad. I think fun dad is probably what they would describe me as for a lot of things, and then sometimes you know the other things they might not like. Once again, you're asking a five year old what what do they what do they see, and this yeah. is, you know being a parent now, you kind of realize like wow, look at what my mom did that I was totally oblivious to that, totally. that maybe I'd, I'd look at it differently because you can't just be the fun dad; you got to do the do the other stuff too. But yeah, I think it's finding, and I think this is just in the same way of like, got to do more date nights with, <laughs> with my wife. I'd like to do more like individual time with my kids. Like, I think that's also mm. really fun. I'd love having both of them together and doing things, but then it's also really fun to have like just one kid at a time. Like, wow, like this is, you know, having yeah. those, those moments and connections and yeah, finding those pieces or just, you know, usually bedtime we rotate where we, you know, like I'll take, I'll take this kid and you take the other kid, but having, <laughs> having those were you know, it's special to have kind of that time and yeah connection, but yeah, fun, fun dad. I, I try to be fun dad, you know, do, yeah. do those little things that are, what are the fun things you do? Like tell the other dads like <laughs> me out there, like, how do you keep it fun? Well, actually Bernie, this is, this is perfect. You know, as when we work together, <laughs> pride and traditions, you know, those traditions, that was a big, oh, that was gosh. a big thing <laughs> at Seattle U. It still is. Still is. Yeah. We're talking about traditions. So now it's a tradition Every Christmas, I do uh, Patrick's Rockin' Christmas Eve Eve. So, uh. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm in Iowa City and, and, and family will, will come. And usually Christmas Eve is sort of like, this is what we've always done. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, we, we go to church and then we have a nice meal and all, you know, all that stuff. And then you have Christmas yeah. Day and all that stuff. So those, those are kind of spoken for. Yeah. And I looked, and I was like, hey, give me Eve Eve. Give me the 23rd of December. And I get a plan. <laughs> a fun party for, for the family. And so we have reindeer games. We have like various like dumb little things. And once again, competition comes up again <laughs> and it's, it's just like silly, silly little things. And usually to embarrass whoever's doing it, mm-hmm. you know, where you have to like have a candy cane in your mouth and you're picking up candy canes and all that. So <laughs> Patrick's rocking Christmas Eve Eve. It's, it's a thing. And my kids that's fun. would tell you about it this year, planning a block party on my street with my neighbor so that's, oh. that's fun. Yeah. Super, super exciting. Like literally printed flyers. And last night I was going, oh we were gosh. going around together. <laughs> You're like, I haven't, I have a degree in this too. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, I got my degree in party planning. Um, <laughs> but you know what, Bernie, I'm good at it. And if I, if I, need to, if I need to rent a reindeer for this, I know how to. So. You call Ed. That's what you do. You call Ed. We won't get a reindeer, but we're having a, a pet and kid parade. So, you know. Oh, fun. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I remember about you is that you thought very differently, definitely very differently than me, but I think that most people and your creativity and ingenuity, I think is what you brought a lot of like, let's not think of this like way traditional, you know, traditions, like traditional way. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but you sparked something in me around Halloween. I, when we, when you, we worked together, I was not a Halloween person at all. And then I think you showed up as a ghostbuster one year and you were like sitting around and I think you might've been maybe the only one, I think between (laughs) you and me and Nikki, I think you only, you were the only one who dressed up. And then the students were all like, Oh, Patrick, like you dressed up as this is so cool. And I was like, Oh, there's something here. And so I think after you left, all right. I said, you know what we need to do? We need to like dress up together in like these Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying like, oh, we have this whole closet full of stuff and we just pull something out. I, and... I, I'm in my basement. I can go get my bins of, because <laughs> once you, once you get a Halloween costume, you just add it to the bin and then you can like totally. recycle it and, and incorporate it into a new costume. So totally. Well, that was your tradition that you started in me because now I'm like, okay, folks, we're planning Halloween. We're doing something, you know, we all dress up together and we've done some pretty fun, amazing things. And and people get really like we dressed up as Mario Kart this last year. But I don't think you got to see any of that because I was I was <laughs> not into it at that time. But we go for it now. But I just remember how fun that was, you know, like how much fun you had with the job because it was not always fun. Nah, yeah, it was not always fun, but I always enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Like, I think, yeah. Like and I think too, it's like where you get your energy from, and it 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 helps a lot when like you have supportive. I I think of it as like when you when you work on a staff and like everyone supports each other, everyone pulls their weight. You can trust everyone to do their job. Yep. Like that just makes any work environment so much better. Where it's like, hey, yep. whatever happens, I know Bernie has my back and I has his back, and it just makes it all easier. And then at the same time, working with the students has its challenges, but I think it has plenty of like you know what that ambitious student who wanted to do this big thing. <laughs> We can we can laugh about it, but we can also like really like just see their enthusiasm and yeah. appreciate it and be like, yeah, I don't want to ever like just shut them down. I'm like, okay, let's let's talk through this, and then maybe it might be an educational thing. Like, this is why you can't do this elaborate thing you want to do, but this is like I I didn't think about it. Let's let's see what we need to do to make it happen. So yeah, I had I feel like you know, and every year is working directly with students. Every year is different, just the yep. group dynamics and building those relationships as well. And I think got a lot of energy from. The students, because you know it's an investment, yeah. you put that time in there, and they hopefully appreciate you and all that. And it's, and once again, I think now that we're now that we're older, you know, you have these <laughs> students who are like older than I was when I worked in that job, you know. So it's like it's been <laughs> it's been so long. They're like, yeah, and and actually, I remember yeah. I remember this too, like going to a conference, and of course, working in student affairs, we work with these type of students who also go into student affairs. It's not it's not that surprising. Mm. And so I remember, I think it was ACPA a few years ago, a certain student who was a resident of mine when I was a hall director, and she was also a student leader and involved in things. But she came out and was like, hey, I know I was the worst. You know, I was such a pain. <laughs> I, was, I was that student who was always like, why do you do these things? And now she was a hall director dealing oh with- Oh my with, gosh. You know, a little hers. And, the, and it was like, not that I like needed to hear that. I was like, but I really appreciated you telling me that. Because <laughs> once again, you see it from a different perspective when you're in that role. And, yeah, applies to applies to parenting too. It's like, yeah, I was not appreciative of my mom and all she did when I was, you know, nine yep. years old. But now that I see when I have a nine year old, it's like, oh man, 
I know. Why, did, why didn't I appreciate all those all those little things that parents do? So there is a familial sort of approach to to student affairs. Like if I think about if I think back in this that time, 2011, 2012, when we were first working together, you and I, I remember identified, we're like, we've got some uphill here to <laughs> to kind of <laughs> <laughs> to change things up, I would say, but you know, we had a good team, but but we did have good students. Like the the students were our partners, yeah, in all of that. And we're like, hey, we want to make some changes. We want to think dig differently. And they were like, yeah, okay, whatever you guys say. Like you're the weird ones, so. <laughs> but I, well, I think but it, too, but like, that's how it works. We had very similar sort of like, yeah, vision of things, and I think I yep. think dance marathon is a, a perfect example of that. Where I think yeah. you and I both saw like the potential, this can be a lot bigger. We had to like help explain this to the students, show them that that sort of thing. And, and, you know, and I think it's, it's that balance of like big stuff, but like, yeah, make sure you just reply to emails in a, in a timely manner and make sure you <laughs> have an agenda when you just check your email for yeah, one. Yeah, all those, all those little things too. Like if you do the little things, it presents opportunities to do these bigger things, but take care of the, yeah. the day-to-day stuff. So. Well, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for Eli to say to me, I had no idea that all the things <laughs> that you did and how hard it might have been. Um, you know, it's well, going to be well, now, quite a while. I should make that clear to my mom. I feel I have said that to my mom, but I could probably sure. be like, you know, more and more. <laughs> Tell your oh parents, thanks again for all they did. But yeah. yeah, it is very eye-opening. And I don't think you really know until you're in a position like this and you're like, so overworked. You know, it's the full-time thing too. Like my mom sometimes had like, two full-time jobs and then took care of us too. And I'm like, how the heck did you do anything? Like, I'm so exhausted every day. I also have, I don't know. I don't know if this has happened to you too, but I'm so clumsy. I was, I've never been as clumsy. And I think it's because I'm tired. Like I'll just drop something on the ground (laughs) and I'm like, I'm just tired. I can't, I don't know. I'm I'm not coordinated anymore. Well, we are recording this late at night. This is this is well past my bedtime. So I yes. I'm not so much the clumsy, but like once nine PM hits, I'm like I'm fading. Once you put a movie You're on, doing I'm great. Like, well, thank you. <laughs> like it's 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 that where it's like you know, put oh, a movie yeah. on at night. I'm I, and this is like going back to like yes. I'm becoming my mom. I remember yes. we'd watch a movie and my mom yep. would instantly fall asleep. It's it's seven thirty. Yep. How'd you fall asleep? And like now it's like yep. I I'm, I get I'm, it. I'm the same. I can't do it. And then of course I'm like up at. 5 30 walking the dog and like making coffee you know i was like i'm ready to go it's five o'clock let's go let's do this so yeah oh that's fun well i was gonna bring up this you invited me to your house i think it was your birthday for work or was it for day no you invited ryan and i this is when you live down the street from the mile away and you said you know i do this special meal it was either for your birthday or for saint patrick's day Okay. <laughs> Which is around the same time. Yeah. And you're like, I do this special meal usually, and I want to invite you and Ryan to come over for dinner. And, you know, I was sort of surprised. I was like, oh, this sounds like a special invite. But, and I remember, well, one thing I was going to say when you're talking about Katie is I think the two of you have such an ease about you that, like, I remember Ryan and I were talking about it afterwards. We're like, they just are so like, you know, like they are together. Like <laughs> that's what I remember thinking. But I remember feeling like it was sort of like a familial sort of environment that you created around. Like I want to cook, and I, this is what this. You know, this. I think you made like a stew or something uh, like maybe, that. Maybe, like, 
Was it? <laughs> maybe maybe you know it was what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, now, now, now it's uh, uh, yeah, remember it probably was it like corned beef or like if it's around St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, yeah, probably that. So, yeah, I think my culture, uh, Bernie, I'm happy to share my <laughs> my white Irish Midwest culture of corned beef I mean, and cabbage. Yeah, you uh, know, but you know, but it was you know, it was fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun and well, we just like hung out and it was really cool. And I, I think so, going back to a couple things. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy the act yes. of like hosting. And this is somewhere Katie and I align very well. We love to host. We love to like, yeah. hey, if we have a guest, we want to host. And I think we, we're very complimentary yeah. of how we yep. contribute to that. So we, we always make the Katie's front of house, I'm back to house. So like, <laughs> I'm the one who's like planning everything out. I got to, re- you know, like, like, you yep. know, can I help in the kitchen? Like, no, like, get out of my kitchen. I, I got all, like, it's all, it's all set. I'm good. Yep. I'm good here. And Katie's much more of the front of the house. Like, let me, let me entertain let me, uh, you. Yeah. yeah do you want to drink? Like, yeah. That sort of thing. So work well. Then, yeah, doing this. And this, this is also thinking about talking about Katie and our, our complimenting each other. So it was her birthday yesterday. So moving moving to Iowa. So she's from Omaha. So it's not like Iowa is this like totally foreign land. But of course, you know, she moved here and this is not not home, didn't know people. And when we when we moved here, you know, would would meet people. And Katie always says like she's an aggressive friend maker. And I think too, you know, like especially like older in life, you kind of have to take that initiative to, to make friends. Yeah. And she's now had, she has a great group of friends. You know, it's very sad to leave the friend group we had in Seattle. We had wonderful friends and still friends mm-hmm. with them, but then, mm-hmm. you know, new place and making new friends. Long build up to the story. So when we moved here <laughs> and her birthday, I like to cook. I like, you know, hosting these sorts of things. Yeah. I was like, for your birthday, what if I made, you know, and this is the other aspect of, of Iowa. There's okay restaurants in Iowa city, but it's not the, the caliber of Seattle. Yep. And so what what you're missing is like I wish, you know, fill in the blank of what what you're missing. So for your birthday, I'm going to go an all out meal. I'm going to make this elaborate meal, mm-hmm. uh, make it super fancy. You have your friends over. We'll invite these friends and and do this. And now it's an, an annual tradition. I'm doing it on <laughs> this coming Saturday as well. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's happening again. So it's it's been consistent. So that first year we did it and had these people over <laughs> and I think like I was not expecting, you know, like this was like well beyond what, what was expecting. Like, oh, they're having me over for dinner. It's, it's like, oh, here it is. Yeah. Like, you know, went all out like 10 course meal with like all like an amuse bouche and all this, all this stuff. Yeah. And, really, and I loved it because it's really fun to like go all out for a meal and cook and all that. And I think, too, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> which I would prefer. I'm friendly enough, of course, but like I'm back of the house. So let me let me do my thing and, and <laughs> Katie can entertain. So, yeah, it's now evolve kind of have different themes different years and yeah every summer i've been doing that so i think that is a good example where we like hosting we like and we're not like oh, we throw all these big parties or anything yeah. like that but i think like an intentional yeah let's let's have a reason to bring people together yeah. and have and yep. those connections and and those sorts of things and so finding the time to do that and using the skills you have and i think the skills that i can i can cook pretty well and, and katie can host pretty well <laughs> yeah totally and the I think the environment that you all create in that too is also part of it, right? It's like this very sort of open, like try stuff and like, but you feel like I felt special at that dinner, even though you know you're like, oh, I have to cook, so I'm going to cook. But <laughs> but I remember it, I, I remember that that exact thing. I was like, this is quite fancy. This is like not just like a regular Saturday dinner for Ryan and me. But well, um, I think you you probably caught us as well, maybe in that like honeymoon phase <laughs> where like. <laughs> look at all the look at all the fun wedding gifts we got and we can we can use them. Oh you know, like- yes. There <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, that's totally true. That's totally true. So it was easier to go 
so I'm, I'm doing this this dinner this saturday and it's harder now when you have two kids and so like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it was like so now it's like the kids need to leave the house and and all this but <laughs> yeah those things were easier without kids to host, oh my gosh still do it so and in now, ways we had no idea <laughs> now now it's more about like doing fun kid parties and things like that so any budding cooks between the two girls they enjoy it you know i think have an interest yeah. in it maybe more so just because she's older so yeah that's that's fine i mean it's, it's always fun to like just see what your kids are interested in and i think to like present the opportunity do you want to help versus like yo we're gonna yeah. you know do this so yeah hopefully hopefully just by and talking about you know my mom was a good cook mm. and i think too the cooking skill that i got from my mom and i think my mom talks about her mom the once again mm. my grandma was being able to just like throw a meal together in a short amount yeah. of time and so that's that's the skill i have it's like okay what do we have i can yep. get a, i can get a good meal together in in 30 minutes this isn't like a rachel ray 30 minute meals but it's just like <laughs> you know this is what we have yeah this is what we have and i make something that that is you know not just like oh i just warmed up a frozen pizza but like okay what, what do we have put something together and make it into a meal do it quickly do it without like you know a lot of planning or or recipe or anything like that but just okay figure it figure it out so i think my mom did that and probably i just absorbed that through her and you know, I think, yeah. you know her mom did that so in addition to like oh and then that's why it's really fun to do a more planned out meal like oh if i'm gonna go all out what are some fun things i can do to to make this really fun you know elaborate multi-course meal what is the main the this, big meal well this year's theme i want to do a vegetarian theme for this year so still refining some things but i think yeah it's, it's kind of and I, I, my plan is to go to the farmer's market Saturday morning. Like, oh what looks gosh. good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I have an outline of stuff. And I think sometimes it's like, oh, this is a really good thing. So I want to incorporate this somehow, or this is something that, uh, that Katie likes. So yeah, it's going to be a very vegetarian theme. It's been like, we did like a Southern theme one. We did like, well, I, I remember because we've talked about this, like Bosom oh, yeah. from Momofuku. This is a plug. <laughs> it's talking about Iowa City. So I was saying, oh, there's not great restaurants. Iowa City Connection. So someone I grew up with, went to kindergarten with, he worked in New York City uh, in Mo- mm. at Momofuku, was like sous chef, and then like oh. took over the Toronto Momofuku uh, <laughs> Empire, whatever it is. He recently moved back a couple of years ago to Iowa City. So he, he like legit, you know, sometimes in Iowa City, you're like, oh, this is good, but it's not like all level. So open mm. this restaurant in Iowa City, and it's amazing. So this is this is the restaurant I went to when maybe it was at camp. We did this like big, oh. big meal there. So. So yeah, it's fun like that. So yeah, you get these these Iowa City people who are like from here, go away, come back and you know, have a fancy restaurant now. So Yeah. I love the food story because I think it's so central to like the family conversation, but your enthusiasm for it, I think, is very cool. Like I think that's that's one of the things that I very vividly remember. And both of us saying, we need to be better cooks. Like we, <laughs> we should cook more often and we should do the same thing. You're talking about, you know, my memory of my dad and, and all this sort of thing. So I don't necessarily yeah. remember my dad's cooking, but I remember my mom talking about my dad's cooking, always talking mm-hmm. about doing these things. So I think, you know, I think some yeah. of that lives through this, like, you know, oh, he would make homemade French bread and like in talk about this. And so, oh. you know, this over over COVID when, you know, bread making was <laughs> the thing. So the thing, <laughs> I made French bread for the first time, like, like those mm. sorts of things. Oh, and so, yeah, cool. I think, I think it is, yeah, kind of rooted in family pieces another so my grandma on my dad's side her thing she made caramel corn and i remember so i would have been in college and you know visiting her and i was like i want to show me how show me how you make caramel corn and and you can have a recipe but it's so much 
technique and it's, it's sort of like when i say technique it's not like it's like fine french uh, caramel corn making <laughs> technique it's like you take corn syrup and the butter and the brown sugar <laughs> but it's a technique in the sense of like well caramel corn can be come out like this like globs of it or it's evenly spread and it's, it's yeah. just really good so i learned it and then then i i refine that and i have like i do it every every year i make batches of it and i give it away you know around christmas time and mm. i give it to my family and my you know it's it tastes the same that you know, that they had and to my, my grandma, oh. you know, you know, passed away. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, food is like, this is a thing that yeah I'm holding, I'm holding this thing and I feel, yeah. you know, I think that's, that's important. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's a great way. I've, I feel like I've kept you up. It's very late now <laughs> where you are, <laughs> but I think it's a great way to round out our conversation, but yeah, just thanks for making this time for staying up late. Hopefully you relive that sort of like past adult life when you could stay up late. <laughs> well, I was past this, you know, like I remember this once again working together. It's it's the it's the fall ball, it's the whatever oh event. Gosh. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I gotta go home. You know, like Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, it's... I can do it for one night, but I just want you to know how miserable I am right now. And, and uh, <laughs> I would be asleep right now. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm more of a homebody in that regard. Yep. Well, thanks, Patrick, for making time. Yeah. Staying up late. <laughs> it is also late for me. I'm like, uh, my my sleep alarm has already gone off. They're like, it's time for you to go to sleep. Like, okay. But yeah, I appreciate spending this time with you and to yeah. reconnect. And yeah, I'm glad that we're still connected after all these years. So well, you know, and the invite, you know, come through Iowa. Well, you know, you, you go through Wisconsin, so it's it's not that far. But yeah. Come, yeah. come through Iowa anytime. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we, host you and, and make a make a meal. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't promise. I mean, if you promise, I will. I will. If, if I've done weirder things for food, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Patrick. All right. Thanks, Bernie. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced on Coast Salish land in Seattle, Washington. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the past, present, and future of these important Indigenous communities. Learn from our past, believe the truth, help where you can. You can learn more about Finding Family on my website at findingfamily.buzzsprout.com or on Instagram at findingfamilypodcast. I'm always looking for folks to interview. So if you're listening and you're interested, please email me at findingfamilypodcasts, that's with an S, at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. Music was composed, performed, and produced by Jung Garahi Guapo. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for listening in.